All right, everybody, welcome back to Talk of the Now podcast. I am Gene, and we have Jason with us today, as usual. How are you, Jason? Oh, better than I deserve, Gene. Better than I deserve. Dave, Dave Ramsey, Jason. Dave, Jason, mm. Ramsey. <laughs> better than I. Every time you listen to him on his show, it's, hey, Mr. Ramsey, how are you? Better than I deserve. Mm. <laughs> no matter what the person asks him. Better than I yep. deserve. <laughs> Aren't we all? I, d- I dare not ask you if there's anything new in your life because usually you tell me not much. Any uh, any purchases, any uh, cool items <laughs> of interest this week? Uh, no, I think we already covered windshield and tires last time. So, uh, um, no, no, that's, that's about it. Maybe I, uh, okay. That's it. That's it. No, no, nothing. I bought a uh, back windshield wiper for my wife's van. Ooh, that should bring us up the charts on the i on the uh, iTunes or the uh, podcast charts. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, um, we can uh, talk a little gossip. I think for a second, oh, yeah. where with one of our mutual friends, we'll call him Danny. Um, Danny, I saw this weekend for the first time in a long time, told me that he is about to purchase, is it a RS3 or is trying to talk his wife into letting him get an RS3? Am I saying that correct? I may or may not have signed an NDA and can't tell you much. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I, yeah. We're protecting yeah, the innocent here. Well, he's, you know, Danny, our friend, uh, uh-huh. Danny Rothman. Oh, uh, Danny boy. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah, he's, uh, I've actually gone with him once to, to look, to inspect one of them. Um, hmm. they are, they're, they're quite the vehicle. Did we test drive one? Yes, he did. Oh, nice. You know, just showing my ignorance of the Audi, um, lineup. I didn't know about the RS3. I didn't realize that it was a, as cool as it is until um daniel told me about it Mm. i mean it seems like a pretty bad little bad little bone to the car yes bad little bone to the car Bad to the bone little car sort of insane (laughs) um yeah it's uh it's pretty much basically like like the b5s4 for those listening you have any idea what that is um Mm -hmm. as far as hmm power to weight kind of thing um yeah. uh, it's smaller it's a smaller vehicle because it's based on the a3 um but it's uh it's it's definitely uh definitely stout ah that's nice. a nice little i followed him in my car and it's got his that rs3 has got a nice little growl correct me if i'm wrong but the impression <sighs> i got is that this thing and this is not a car show or is it <laughs> we don't care we do whatever we want to yes <laughs> uh this is sort of like, is it kind of like a, we'll call it a 2002 S4-ish type of car size-wise? Yeah, like well, that's what I was just saying, the B5 S4, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, like um, power-wise and all that good stuff? Yeah, I mean, the, the S4, that S4 is bigger than this car. This mm-hmm. car is definitely more narrow because it's based on the A3. So if you ever see the little A3s running around, yep, it's, it's that same thing as the R rs model of it mm-hmm. there's a lot of s3s around but the rs3 is where it's at um okay which is why it commands fifty thousand the north 
Yeah, uh, when he price. told me the price tag, I you know me, I had sticker shock because I am Captain Cheap. But you know, I, when he was telling me the story of telling his wife, that was a little well. Then okay, I was like, <laughs> I, I I don't know of many wives that would be like, you're getting an RS five, you're getting an RS three. When do we when do we go sign the paperwork? <laughs> I can't imagine any wife being that well. Well, and they're you know, and honestly, they're they're smart with money, really smart yeah. with money, you know. Sure. And so it's not like, Oh, I agree. Totally. It's not, it's not like they drop money on stuff all the time. So it's, it's, it's one of those things. There's a reason they're that way. Right. And there's a reason they have, you know, the cushion that they have, whoever they are right. um, is because they're smart. I just meant in a general sense, not just them. No, I know. I know. Yeah. It's hard. Anyone considering the purchase unless, yeah. Unless you're, you know, our other friend, we'll call him Weston. Um, <laughs> And his wife, who's, you know, just about as, you know, into cars as he is. Um, so. Uh, is that West End Town to tell you what? The Eastern Boys and West End Girls? Yes, uh, exactly. It's a really long name. Um, it's an ancient, ancient family. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely, it's a nice car. I mean, I sat in there because he's not really as familiar with newer Audi electronics, which is kind of fun. You know, you, you just don't think about having to familiarize somebody else with a car that you don't even own. Uh, but hmm. getting using that toggle switch, which is like a little mouse and clicker, like the wheel I have in my car, you, you spin around. So anything on the screen, you basically scroll up and down with this little wheel and select it. So it's like a mouse. Wow. But what's crazy about that, this car is the whole dashboard is digital. So you can either, you can have like GPS on the whole dashboard. Um, dash cluster behind, uh, in front of the steering wheel, or you can have, you know, all the different gauges. You can set it up different. I mean, it's this is all this. Oh, I'm about to say all this blows my mind because, you know, I I'm more used to, maybe even prefer the pre-computer aged cars, not much less a luxury car like an Audi. You know, and it almost sounds like you're driving in a comfortable, fast computer. <laughs> You know, in some uh, Gene, ways. Gene, you're wise beyond your years. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, it's well, I mean, that also comes from how you grew up too. Right. You know, around around uh body shop and, and car restorations. Um four on the floor. You yeah, know, I mean, ask- you know, <laughs> there, there, there was no overdrive in those cars. Um, no. yeah. but um, you know, I think there's this, it's not saying I don't appreciate them, by the way. No, 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 I know. Uh and and our our friend would would rather have analog gauges and they did make them one year hmm. but they're hard to find and on this rs3 find. they did yeah they're hard to find i mean my i mean obviously my older s6 has has analog gauges oh, i, I mean, love analog not, gauges i just i think they're 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 aesthetically pleasing and yes. you know it's less less to go wrong yeah um, but i think there's um there's something to be said for the technology like you know, mine's old enough to where I can't, I can only use the Bluetooth for phone calls. I can't mm. Bluetooth in my music and just little stuff like that, that you, you don't think about that's like, Oh yeah, that would be kind of nice. Um, has, let me ask you this. Has the technology I know back, you know, I don't know nearly as much about Audis or any German, you know, cars. I know that they are top of the line technology wise and usually a little bit more on the forefront compared to we'll say a, you know, typical, bottom line Asian or um, American car. And, and, but I remember like, I, mean, I guess what I'm trying to ask is the technology wise, computer stuff wise, 
is it something that's going to last? Like, let's say he buys it 10 years from now, it's going to be top of the line, still running just as it should be, or is it going to be the kind of thing that's going to need updates? They're going to hope that nothing goes wrong with the, you know, the inner circuits and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I mean, they've kind of future proofed a little bit. I'm pretty sure that this car can just can do updates. Mm-hmm. Like you can actually plug in and update if they don't send you an actual flash drive to, you know, a thumb drive to stick in there and do the updates. Um, I, I think that's kind of how they run things like heck for that matter. Ram trucks do that. Like that's how they do updates for Ram trucks is they send you in the mail a thumb drive and you plug it in there and it loads. Yeah. So, wow. um, it, you can argue that's the old Mercedes technology for, for the Ram or it's the new Fiat technology, who knows? Um, mm-hmm. but there's, yeah, there's something to be said for a car that's, got more analog so you don't need the updates um because you know right. i love we i used to have an 01 s4 and that's what scott has and uh whoever scott is um mm-hmm. dan, <laughs> that's dan's friend oh that's dan friend yeah he's got yeah our other friend scott has one of those just mm-hmm. like i used to and we we've art we've remarkably you know you 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 sit in that car and yes it's a great car but you look around it's dated you know, you can tell it's from mid '90s technology. You know, up to up to early 2000s. But that doesn't mean it doesn't work, and it's not great. It's just you you get in it in the same way you get into a an IROC from the '80s, and you're like, "Yikes, this is '80s technology." You know, <laughs> it's like, and the same for that matter, a Viper. I mean, you got into a I got into a Viper GTS one time, and I'm like it's a Dodge, you know, it was not impressive. It's like all mm-hmm. the knobs are Dodge. It's like real flimsy. So there's a lot of stuff, something to be said for analog, but then there's also the, okay, it's always going to look that way. There's um, a fine balance between something that's analog, you know, and well, it's all preference, I guess it's all personal preference, yeah, but yeah. at the same time, you don't want to be dealing with something. If you like something old, for instance, if you owned one of those, um, Oh gosh, what are, what were those um, Buick Grand Nationals in the eighties? Oh you know? yeah, as cool as those cars are, they have to deal with like vacuum issues and um, you know the and, current people that own them still. And you get in them, you sit down. And I'm like, yeah, this is a Buick from the eighties. Doesn't exactly yeah. have the the modern lumbar support. <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, a friend of mine's dad has one of those, and yeah, I mean it's still great. I mean it's still a you know a beast of a car. Most people don't know us a V6 turbo, you know, um, mm-hmm. same, same one they put in the typhoon and the cyclone later on the truck and the SU, basically the blazer and the yeah. S 10 that were the cyclone. And they the all typhoon. came from that car. Yeah. The engine. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. That's well, I hope Dan gets the car. I mean, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that it yeah, comes through I, and, he, and he ends up with it. I mean, I think Dan should ask Scott, for some advice yeah um yeah uh, tends to be you know our, our friend scott tends to be researched on a lot of things so you yeah know. well i you know it's it's one of those things like it re, you know what it reminded me of um it reminded me of like the people we have a mutual friend named matt um h and uh, we won't give him the last names but uh he he was thinking about getting a tesla for a while and my father-in-law's brother got a tesla and to me a tesla i mean 
it's kind of like getting a boat in a way to me. It's sort of, I mean, it, it is a very nice expensive toy. That's probably fun to own if you're, especially if you're into the electric sports car, you know, but it's a $60,000 car. I'll say this. John H got one. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. Model, a model three though. So it's not 60,000. What um, do those go for? I know nothing about them. Like 40,000. Um, mm. uh, and I drove it on Ronald Reagan Parkway. I mean, mm-hmm. to, you can't beat the. I mean, the acceleration is insane on all. That, I mean, it's just instant. You're just like, like, okay, I get it. Um, and then he turned on the self driving mode while we were on. Whoa. On uh, Ronald Reagan, which was uh, unnerving. Funky. Unnerving. Yeah. He said, he said, "Take your foot off the pedals and off the steering wheel." Oh, good. He grief. turned that on, and then he also turned on. They have a couple of Easter eggs in there where you turn on this thing and it does the, the uh, "Don't Fear the Reaper" and it has a rainbow road as it goes around your road on the screen. And then they have one that's, uh, you know, you're Santa Claus and all the cars you pass on the screen are reindeer. I'm like, oh these gosh. people at Tesla have too much time on their hands. And if, you get, yeah. if you get one that's the dual motor, it's got what they call ludicrous mode. Mm-hmm. And it has the selections are, um, yes, I want ludicrous mode, you know, not sure. And then, no, I want my mommy. Is there, the actual, is there the a actual. rollout mode? <laughs> yeah, really. Probably. Um, but I mean, the, the craftsmanship's really nice on those cars. But, oh, I bet. But I just, not the Model 3, not as much as obviously the, the Model S. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like I said, I, 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 I get what they're doing and I appreciate it, but I'm like, yeah, that's not for me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm such a traditionalist, like you said, because of what I grew up with, you know, classic cars, muscle cars, um, pickup trucks, things like that. That that's sort of my that's what's in my veins. I mean, I do appreciate all the technology. I appreciate things like your car or the S RS three. But when I think about electric cars, I think I'm just not ready. You know, I'm just no, not ready. I, well, and I don't think anybody's real. I don't think the world's really ready to, for that anyway. I think it's you mean literally. A, yeah, I think it's kind of it's a great thing, and I don't knock anybody for buying them. I mean, I you know there, no, there's no. there are some people you know you got the jerks that are in the big trucks and they park in front of Tesla chargers at, just to make a point. And I'm like, y'all are just being a jerk. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like gonna protest against it now. If they make us do it, yes. No, certainly not going to protest. I will if they make us go to all electric. Then I will protest. But you're right. Um, what's funny is electric cars have been actually around since the invention of the automobile. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, Jay Leno has electric, one. There were electric cars back then. There were steam powered cars. Jay um, Leno has a steam powered and electric powered car. I think in his garage. Yeah, probably he's got a little bit of everything. Um, <laughs> that's true. But yeah, so this I, I think, like I said, I respect it, but and I respect the question. My friend. Uh, in Alabama, Mark has one that he bought, but he bought it just because he likes the technology. He, he's not like, he said, you know me, I'm not doing it for any green silliness. I'm, he said, except for maybe green in my pocket, not having to spend on gas. Right. But well, he also yeah. doesn't have to drive. He doesn't have to drive that far to work. Um, and he can zip up to, you know, Montgomery and back from Troy. It's like 45 minutes each way. No problem. Mm-hmm. Um, now he was smart and had the 220 plug in, installed in his garage, but, um, he also has, you know, a, a, a 30th anniversary Trans Am. Hmm. Uh, he's got our firebird and he's got, you know, a couple other cars. 
<laughs> so it's like his, and it's his dad that has the Grand National and a Sunbeam Alpine, which is an odd car. This isn't um, the guy that owns ARP, is it? ARP. I'm sorry, is it or is it APR? That's Scott's friend, not mine. Okay. I don't know. I don't know that guy. Gotcha. Um, this is my friend Mark and Troy. Okay. Yeah, the one that's the big Star Wars collector too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's uh, there we go. For some reason, I thought that guy was a mutual friend of yours. Dude, uh, he went to, I think, uh, either DCA or Providence with with our other friend. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't even looked into seeing if they um, survived the COVID stuff okay, and they're still going strong. They are. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I assume. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they'll have their picnic again this year. No, they haven't. Year. They haven't had a barbecue in I don't know how long. Yeah. Um. Well, anyways, I was going to say, though, that uh, electric cars I'm not ready for and ca- and self-driving cars Ooh, I am no. scared of. <laughs> yeah, I'm petrified of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, Jason. Well, we kind of got uh, sidetracked That's on our introduction. Yes. Intro. <laughs> well, here's the – today I'm going to take a risk to today, and we're going to do a slight game. Well, not really a game. It's more of a challenge in a way, and I didn't let you know this to keep the spontaneity going here. <laughs> so – Today, we're going to do what I'm going to call Jason's Choice. And in this segment (laughs) is basically where Jason, you get to pick the topic. And we talk about now in in our, you know, in our podcast, when we talk to stuff, I always say if somebody wants to veto or pass on something, you can pass. So whatever you pick, like, let's just say you pick a topic. Maybe you want to talk about, uh, I don't know, green energy. I might just be like, pass. And then you pick up another topic. You know, whatever. <laughs> you may want to talk about surfing in Australia, and I'll say pass. But anyways, this that's how we'll play this game. But anyways, huh. so Jason's choice. Are you up for the challenge, Jason? Do you have can you think of a topic spont this is keeping it spontaneous because you have no idea that I was going to ask you this, right? Hmm. And I'm just asking you off the cuff. So now I'm saying, what topic would you like to talk about tonight? Just no guidance, no categories, just no, none at all. We can continue talking about Teslas if you want to. No, 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 no. Um, you know, there, there are some topics that I'm obviously, well, well there's some we're not going to talk about on your show because we don't do that. Um, but. And I like to keep it fairly, you know. Yeah, light. We're not doing, yeah, we're not doing heavy politicky type stuff. We'll do anything um, too controversial. Right. Um Let's see. Ah, uh, well, you know, I think. All right, I'm going to go with the category of racing, since we're on the automotive trip tonight. Mm, okay. Um, now I'm going to define. I'm going to, you know, further subcategorize this. We're going to say world racing. <laughs> um, then I'm going to go. Greatest race car drivers. Greatest race car drivers. Racing yeah. and world racing. Now, this, okay. uh, now I, I will say this. The reason I said race car drivers is because every genre of racing series <laughs> has their greatest. You know? Sure. Um, I may not like the, the series or I may not you know, follow it, but I know there's a greatest in those. And it's an interesting topic because, you know, especially in the top of all motorsports, Formula One, 
that topic has come up much over the past year because of Lewis Hamilton winning his seventh world, you know, world championship, tying him with Michael Schumacher. Ah, he's finally tied. But yeah, that happened last year. Okay. Um, and, you know, you can argue that number of championships makes them the greatest, right? But I, I, I differ. I, I differ with that uh, viewpoint. Um, you know, Shumi was not perfect either, Schumacher. Um, no one is. But he was, I mean, as far as race car driving, I mean, he was, you know, ran into Damon Hill. He, you know, a lot yeah. of stuff go on. Michael uh, Jordan wasn't perfect. So there was some, you know, there was some shadiness going on um, over the years. Um, anytime you have to race at the Scuderia Ferrari, you're going to have to cut some corners to try to keep those people happy. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't, uh, I don't, there's a part of you that envies it, and there's a part of you that doesn't envy anybody that, that, or that pities the people that, that sign with Ferrari, even though you, you don't pity their paycheck, but you pity their, you know, having to deal with those politics. But anyway, so I think, obviously, Ayrton Senna, to me, is the best of all time in Formula One. I knew you were going there. But followed closely by, I don't even think you would guess my followed closely by. Um, I want to say Alonzo. No, you know, now Alonzo to me is a great race car driver altogether. I think that man can get into any machine and make it do beyond what it should, which there's, there's greatness there. You're not thinking pro star, are you? No, no, no. Oh no. I'm not thinking of pros. I'm actually, or I started thinking pros, but then I thought of, um, sorry, the, um, uh, gosh, the counterpart to, um, in the movie Rush, um, what was his name? Not uh, Hunter, but the other guy. You mean Hunt? <laughs> Nick. Not, excuse me, not Hunt, but the other guy. Nicky Lauda. Yeah, Nicky Lauda. Yeah, rest in peace. Was that who you were going for? Nicky. He only died two years ago, mm-hmm. um, but survived all those years with those lungs, with mm-hmm. you know, a lung transplant and everything. Um, I mean, Nicky was great. Like I said, there are a lot of great drivers. There are a lot of great drivers. But to me, a close second to Iron Senna, and I know this will – if this ever gets out to the millions that listen to us. Um, and if there's racing people, they're going to, they're going to fight me on this one. <laughs> Jim Clark, sir, Jim Clark. Now tell us who Jim Clark is. Jim Clark was a Scottish race car driver who made his name with Lotus. Um, and anything that the great Colin Chapman would build, he put Jim Clark in it, mm-hmm. whether it was, touring cars. The main thing I'd say about Jim Clark is that man would fly down to Tasmania, do the Tasmania series, fly somewhere else, do that. And he wouldn't just compete. He would win each one of these things he would go to. I mean, he was just phenomenal. Um, And he, like I said, didn't win the most championships, Mm -hmm. but he was also killed in a formula two race at Hockenheim because a tire went down and he lost control and went slide and flew into the trees basically. Right. You know, Um, I, 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 before we carry on, I remember there is a great piece that was on him on um, the show top gear. 
Yes. I'm not Top Gear. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Grand Tour. Grand Tour. And I can't remember who, which presenter did it on him, but they. That was Richard Hammond. Yeah, yeah Richard Hammond did a great piece. And that's yeah, where that's, I knew I knew that name from. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Because, and Richard talks about all those series he did mm-hmm. and just like bouncing. From, I mean, you get on a plane and go fly somewhere else. I mean, most of us would have to recover from jet lag before mm-hmm. we hopped into something else. And he was made in stronger stuff. I mean, Jim Clark to me, and he was humble. Honestly, he really was as a race car driver. That's a hard thing. Um, a Scotsman. Yeah, he was a Scot. So, you know, he's up, you know, with, um, with all, you know, with Jackie Stewart and all them. I'm looking you at know, his Wikipedia profile as you're talking. You know, and Jackie, you know, Jackie raced with him. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I think Jackie Stewart was a great thing for racing because he brought on the safety stuff. He was very big on safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they were racing that god awful long spa track, which was like eight miles long in the countryside, Spa Frankershamp in, in Belgium. Anyway, mm-hmm. so or in 1932, by the way, I'm sorry, 1936. Yeah. Um, According to this, he had um, years active of 1960 to 68, so eight years active, um, 73 entries and 72 starts with two championships in 1963 and 64, 25 wins and 32 podiums. Not bad for 73 start, 72 starts. I mean, that's almost, yeah. that's reaching half. Yeah. Um, and like I said, and these weren't nice, comfortable cars they were driving back then. No. They were gas cans with an engine, mm-hmm. you know, and four wheels. And, you know, you're having to take your hand off of this wheel and shift while you're doing it. Um, I can't imagine how they did endurance racing back then. Yeah. I mean, okay, let's go there then. Let's go to endurance racing. Um, what they call the WEC now. No, I was uh, going to say though, I do like that choice you made though. I do, I do remember that, that well, uh, piece and that was really good. If anybody's out there, go find that on grand tour and watch. Yeah. That. Yeah. Jim Clark is somebody you need to look up. He was, he was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Now Aaron Senna to me had the passion and could just do crazy stuff with right now. Of course he wasn't free of controversy either. Um, but he also died in a race. He was actually technically the last Formula One driver to die at the track. Um, Jules Bianchi died from injuries, but way later. Um, but yeah, so think about that. Formula One hasn't had a death at the track since 1994. So that's really good. Um, so endurance racing. Okay. Endurance racing. Now, the one who's got the most championships, Mr. Lamar, Tom hey, Christensen. I was about to say, you're speaking a language I don't know very well, so I'll, the, let, I'll, give you, I'll let you have at it. <laughs> the Dane Tom Christensen. Uh-huh. Um, nine wins at Lamar. Hmm. Um, Jackie Aches, who also – you get a lot of crossover people in racing, too, especially world racing stuff. So you get a lot yeah, – Jackie Aches – raced formula one and other things along with, you know, being a, a multi Lamar winner. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, for that matter, Fernando Alonso has won Lamar. Um, now obviously with endurance racing, you're sharing the car with other drivers. So it's a team effort. Um, but the dominance of Audi and those years when they were battling Peugeot, I mean, it just, we're, we're long gone from that now. And unfortunately it's a lot more watered down. Uh, they're changing some stuff around that hopefully will make it better. But um, okay, well, 
let me let me stop you there to ask you this. Um, okay. Let's just assume that most people, especially in America, I, I I'm only a casual brace fan for the most part. Yeah. Um, but let's pretend that um, do I need to don't even need to pretend, but let's uh, <laughs> see if you can educate people a little bit on endurance racing okay. and what Lamar is and the significance and all that good stuff. All right. Now endurance racing now, not like Paris to car off-road stuff. This is by endurance. I mean, time, not it's distance, but it's not, it's on a track. Um, <laughs> this isn't racing to a destination. This is, mm-hmm. you know, it's not cannibal run. This is a, you know, actual racing on a track. Now, obviously the most famous one is the circular start in Le Mans, France, the 24 hours of Le Mans, which most people see, you know, if you watch Ford versus Ferrari, that's about that. That's good. Um, you know, so there's, I mean, the, the easiest way to say it is there's multiple classes of cars running. There's, I'm just going to simplify it. There's supposed mm-hmm. to be anyway, there's, this is different now, but, Essentially, there used to be, it was two prototype classes and two GT classes. Now, the difference is GT cars, to sum it up for people, is they look like regular road cars done up in race setup. Um, so you're going to look at that and you can look at that and go, hey, that's a Ferrari. Hey, that's an Aston Martin because it looks like an Aston Martin. That's a Corvette because it sounds like a Corvette or used to. Right. You know, so and Porsche, obviously, you can tell a 911 whatever it is, whatever number they want to put on it, it all looks like a Porsche. So there's that. And then there's prototype, which are the ones that look like race cars that are completely different, done for aero, done for everything else. And you typically have in Lamar, you have three drivers per car and they do stints in the car. They do different stints of, you know, a couple hours in the car and so you're racing nonstop for 24 hours. So there's a lot of things involved. There's the team, there's pit stops, there's, you know, how quickly they can repair stuff because inevitably stuff breaks. Um, and then there's, you know, the cars themselves. Uh, you know, Audi's dominance was, was pretty amazing um, over the years. Uh, then there's, you know, there's, there used to be old rules. I, I think it's still a rule where you can't get more, you can't get more than a hundred feet or hundred something from your car. If it breaks down, if you get more than a hundred feet, you're out of the race. Oh, wow. Um, and they used to originally back in the day, they used to start out of their cars and run to the cars and get in them obviously for safety and common sense. Nowadays, they don't do it. Now, one of the most horrific motorsports accidents happened at Le Mans. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I don't know, somebody's going to yell at me if I don't get the year right. Mm. Um, look it up, the Lamar accident. Um, and it was uh, in the 50s. 1955? 55, that's right. I was going to say 55. I didn't want to be wrong. I said, I'd rather be checked on that. Mm. Um, but 80, was it 80 something spectators died? Wow, 83. Yeah, it kicked up the car, went into, and pieces went all in there. I mean, it, it was now, they actually finished the race too which was crazy um you would have thought that would have stopped it there's some good um, prime, um amazon prime um documentaries on the mon in there right right yeah. and that's where you learn a lot and after that and, and honestly that's why there's no racing there's no auto racing at all no motors auto racing in switzerland because after hmm. that after that accident, the swiss decided okay well that happened there we don't want any racing here seems a little so, extreme to me but so to this okay. day to this day there's no racing in switzerland yeah um 
but it's, it's fine because, you know, you couldn't go anywhere anyway. All they've got is neutral. Um, <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> but uh, I don't even have kids, folks. Um, I caught that wordplay. So, all right. So we got that. That's, that's basically endurance racing. Right. A test of the team, the car, the drivers. Right. Um, and that's an eight and a half mile <clears throat> course that's mostly – there's a regular course during the year, and it races on part of that. And if you ever watch it, you can tell when they're on like the purpose-built racetrack and then if they're on the country roads. Yeah. So, um, I think that's a good synopsis, though, because people yeah. like me – you know, I didn't really know much about Lamonto. I met you and Scott and a few other people that we know. And my probably in my twenties, sometime I I found out what Lamont that it was even a thing. And I imagine your average family person in home in America may not even know that there is a such thing as Lamont. Um, even if they're just a casual, they might just be a casual. I would imagine most motorsports fans have heard of it, no matter if you're a IndyCar right, or right. NASCAR or whatever, but just your average person may not even know about these things. Well, so that's Lamont, and Tom Christensen is the greatest to me. He's won the most, um, hmm. and he just cool, calm, collected. Now, he had a team with him, too, on those, but it was never the same. I mean, for the longest time, it was Dindo Capello and Alan McNish. Um, Alan McNish is my favorite driver from that era. Mm -hmm. Um, they, well, they call him a little Scottish bulldog that would just go out there and just nip at the heels of the French. Um, but anyway, I'm always impressed with Jackie Stewart. Right. And, you know, Jackie Stewart for formula one. Yeah. Um, but so moving on to another series, um, what do you think? You'll see. All right. Let's do drag racing. Drag racing. All right, let's do drag racing. Nice. Now, there's multiple classes in drag racing. Right, of course. Um, I'm not as familiar I don't with know. the classes. There's right. top fuel funny car, top fuel whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you think funny cars are the ones that look funny, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, funny cars usually have more of a standard body on them from what I understand. Right, I those are the ones that, you know, oh, that's a Camaro. No, it's not. And actually, um, <laughs> the whole the whole body will lift up. Right. Okay. Thank you. See, you just educated me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, th- I could be wrong on that, so don't don't hold me to that. So, who do you think of NHRA you, people? Yes. Who <laughs> do you that? think of when you think of those? Well, you know, I think of um, when I think of um, the funny man drag racing. Yeah. What's his name? Um, John Force. Yeah, John Force. Which, by the way, that that leads into one thing that if you have not. I think you have watched it some, Jason, but for anybody out there, if you want to get into racing, mm-hmm. if you're like, I just want to get more educated on it, watch Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah or yeah, his yeah. show. It's on MSNBC. I'm sorry, um, M- NBC Sports. Which is unfortunate. And, uh, <laughs> Which is unfortunate. But, you but know, he, wanna... he interviewed uh, Force on one of his shows. It, it, it was one of the best. It was most entertaining. One of the most entertaining podcasts I mean, I've heard. You know, and, and John Force, I mean, his daughter's. Yeah, they're great. Drag race. I'm like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, obviously, old school drag racing is Big Daddy Don Garlands. Yeah, yeah, Flat absolutely. Out. I like. Yeah, um, you know, um, there's also other names, you know, like Cruz Pedragon. Um, I can't think of any others, but yeah, there's and there's a lot of those. That Big Daddy Don Garlands Museum in Ocala, Florida. If you haven't been there before, it's worth the trip. If you're any kind of car fan or history fan. Yep. It's it's a great little private collection that he has. And it's right off of 75. So if you're driving down that way, 
it's not hard to find at all. So yeah, I just made a big jump from you know European to here. No, I like um, that. But um, all right, so let's go to IndyCar. Well, I was trying to think if there was any other point that I wanted to make about um, drag racing, though. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, I had okay. What it was I was thinking is that drag racing to me is. I mean, if you think about racing in general, not necessarily with cars, it probably goes back to Roman times when you have mm. the chariots racing around and whatever they called that race in yep. the, cir- the big circle. Yep. I forgot what that um, um, amphitheater was called that had the gigantic, you know, you've seen it on like Ben-Hur where they do the thing, they go around. But yeah, I can't remember what it was called either. But when yeah. I think of drag racing, though, you know, I just think of like the most pure form of how people race whether it be like on foot in the 100 yard dash or right. you know that is let it, me it, see how fast i can go in the shortest amount of time right it's a sprint yeah you know, it's a sprint of cars it's the um, same bolt of motorsports right that way. um yeah and all right so moving on indy car well, to me, there's only one name that matters in any car. Well, not, I mean, there are the, well, the other names that matter, but the name that is matters Andretti. Yeah, is Andretti, is, which now, he could be argued as one of the best in all of motorsports, I guess. Yeah, uh, you know, also raced in Formula One for Lotus as well, and the Johnny Player cars back in the day. And NASCAR uh, as well. I mean, he's done all three. He has done and all three. And won in all three. Yeah, he was successful in all those. His family's successful. Um, it, it, okay, do you I, remember? Oh, sorry, I was going to say, do you remember if um, Andretti did the um, the Brickyard and the 500? I know only a few people have pulled that off. No, 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 no. Because there was no Brickyard 400 when Andretti was racing. When he was doing, okay. There's, uh, a, there's was, been a few people he, that have done it. He was, doing Na- he was doing NASCAR a long time ago, like late 60s. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we're not, we're not, no, no, no. Um, but yeah, I think, um, there's also Hoyt. I mean, not Hoyt, Foyt, AJ Foyt, um, Al Unser, mm-hmm. you know, names like that. Um, I know there's a lot of IndyCar fans if they're listening, all these fans that are listening. Um, yeah. you know, um, I like, I, I personally like IndyCar. I like watching it and I think well, it's entertaining and there's a lot of parody in it. There's parody. I'm not a fan of spec series, um, where all the cars are the same because Delara now, you know, builds all the chassis and there are only two engine providers, which are mm-hmm. the two odd engine, pro- like Chevrolet and Honda. Like, really? Right. Like, where, where, where's Ford? I would like where's, to see that too. I mean, I, mean, I agree with that. Where, where's Ford? Where's, you know, you know, McLaren puts a car out, but it's powered by Chevy, really? But it's really a Delara chassis. So it's just sponsored by McLaren. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, no. You got to, you got to build your own thing now. Obviously, McLaren back in the Can Am days, the, the orange McLaren cars were Chevy powered. But so, okay. So we kind of covered IndyCar. You know, like I said, not my favorite, but whatever. At least they try to do road courses every now and then. Um, they should do more of them, honestly. I want to see. I would love to see them race on more. They have courses. a good many. IndyCar does have a good many. Not, not I almost, would like to see. Not like, all, but. I would like to see very little ovals and all, all <laughs> road courses. That's just because I don't like ovals. But um, there's – all right, so I'm going to jump again to European, all right? MotoGP. 
Now, yeah, this is not, I'm not very familiar with this now, form of racing. I wasn't either until a few years back when I watched an, a documentary on it. Um, and it was uh, Ewan McGregor um, was the narrator. And it was all about, you know, uh, MotoGP. And uh, I'll tell you what, obviously the greatest to me is the doctor, they call him, Valentino Rossi, number 46. I know um, the name. You know, then you've got Jorge Lorenzo. You've got, um, I can't remember. I can't remember his name. Anyway, there's a few <laughs> of those. But when it comes to MotoGP, I mean, the man's still racing. And he's like 40-something. Hmm. And MotoGP, I'm sorry, if anybody ever watches it, MotoGP is basically the Formula One of motorcycles. They're completely, you know, prototype motorcycles. They look like motorcycles that you would ride, but most of us could never handle <laughs> yeah. what those are. Uh, if any sure. of you ride by, if any of you ride a motorcycle, you get on a MotoGP bike, you'd be like, what the heck's going on? This thing's moving all over the place because the body actually flexes from side to side. It all, I mean, it's like it's a complete system. You know, they lean right to put the bike down left they do you know it's like it's so physical um you know uh, we lost the, uh, there was casey stoner there was um the guy we lost the kentucky driver there actually have been you know successful u.s riders um uh nikki hayden is the one who died hmm. uh from kentucky he died actually in i want to say italy riding a bicycle he got hit by somebody on a car so it's so tragic um and in fact, when I visited Laguna Seca Raceway in uh, near Monterey in Salinas, California, um, there was a big number sixty-nine, which is was his number up on the hill. It's kind of to honor him. Um, anyway, so that's motorcycle racing, I, and we could get into AMA stuff here, but I don't know anybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get too nerdy. No I'm kidding. Um, it's like powerboat rate. No, I don't know any power. <laughs> Let's do uh, the Red Bull uh, plane series. Right, which is amazing to watch, but yeah. Yeah, it um, is entertaining. So, all right. So let's go ahead and get this one out of the way. NASCAR. Which I I, diff I, I like NASCAR. I'm not going to lie. I am a fan. Not a uh, huge fan, but I am a fan. Well, and that's we, were okay. all, we were raised around it. Um, obviously, you know, Dale Earnhardt. Most, you know, he doesn't have the most wins anymore because Jimmy Johnson tied him, but or most championships. But I mean, come on, it's, the intimidator, him and Richard Petty to me are the two top ones. If it, um, I, I like to think of, um, would we may do a whole NASCAR episode? I would like to, but, wow. um, I like to think of Dylan Hart Sr. as somewhat the Babe Ruth. Well, yeah. maybe that belongs to Richard Petty because he is the king, but. In a lot of ways, to me, Senior kind of saved NASCAR in a lot of ways. Or kept Agreed. it alive. Well, he kept it alive. I would say he kept it alive. Um, yeah, through the 80s and 90s. I mean, he made it that multi-billion dollar. Honestly, mm -hmm. the 90s. The mm -hmm. 90s, to me, without – would not. I mean, we, NASCAR would have probably died off. I'll, I'm going to go ahead and be as bold to say that. If you hadn't had characters like Earnhardt. If you hadn't had the, you know, the Intimidator, if you hadn't had that legion of fans mm – -hmm. The Allisons that would still cry if they see that number three. You know, I mean, it's just it's that much emotion. Yeah. Um. You yeah. know, it's one of those days you remember. Where were you when you saw Dale Earnhardt? I was watching the race. Right. Um. You know. So. You know, I, his, I still watch that race and think about him. 
his death also brought about a bunch of safety regulations too. Mm-hmm. Um, Innovations. You know, it the Hans device already existed, but it really put it on the map. You know, like hey, he got the basal skull fracture, which is the whiplash that mm. poked a hole in the skull. Basically, um, a girl a girl died at a hockey event one a hockey match one time or hockey game because she got hit by the puck and it pushed her head back like that and she was fine for a little while i had a headache and then she died later because same injury um or similar injury um and of course you get the safe walls and all that um again it's another spec series and i'm just you know i like the days when there was different cars different engines you know size and you know all that running the, the oh. Richard Petty, I think the Richard Petty era was probably the best time to be a NASCAR fan, in my opinion. The earlier Richard Petty just, era, yeah. Just because during that 50s and 60s, I guess maybe 70s, you had what my dad would call real stock car racing, and he really right. liked it back then. And he lost interest somewhere in the 80s, I guess, when it became, like you said, more. Yeah, and I mean, I just it's like with anything, you know, it's – it's regional. It's our region. You know, we're both from the South right. and right. Not many sports came out of the South. Purely. True. A lot of athletes did, but not many sports. Yeah. Um, not many. And, I mean, yeah. And we all know it got, its, it got its start with moonshine running cars on dirt tracks. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you know, it was a junior Johnson still would, would still run moonshine if he could, uh, Daytona, he Florida. Done, you know, um, he would have, <laughs> it's just interesting. But, um, you know, you got the Flock Brothers here in, in the Atlanta area um, running up Highway 9, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Moonshine Run there. Um, but I think, you know, obviously NASCAR has a, has a good following, um, so you have, to, you have to mention it in racing. You know what, NASCAR, I know you don't keep up much, but NASCAR is completely changing their chassis. I haven't researched it yet, but they are changing things up next year. And I don't know to what extent, but watching some of um, the Dale Earnhardt Jr. download, it's going to be pretty big. Like it's going to be a lot different than what we're used to. So I'll I'll be curious to see what happens. But you know what? They have. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The problem is, remember how long it took them to finally get fuel injection? Mm -hmm. I'm like, really, guys? Like, (laughs) you, you don't understand. You are so far behind the times technologically. Like, even when you have a huge innovation, it's like, well, yeah, but they're doing that in V8 supercars in Australia. They've been doing that for years. Well, that's what I wish they were like, of course. But Yeah, because uh, they get in and out of the doors. But there. baby steps, I guess. And they've they've actually incorporated, I believe there were seven road races. Now, I'll grant you that NASCAR has 152 races a year. <laughs> Just kidding. They're more like 38 or something like that. But they, they have up to seven road races this year. This weekend, do you know where they're racing? Road America. Say it didn't so. Yeah, they're raising at Road America this weekend. I'm kind oh of looking Lord. forward to watching it. Oh Lord. Just to see what bonfire. <laughs> you know, it was very I I don't know if you did you watch the um Circuits of America race for NASCAR? No. That was a fun one to watch. It was fun to see how they how they had to adjust to it. Now, of course, Chase Elliott has turned into like the road master when it comes to road courses. Oh yeah. And I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. Hometown guy. And Um, I look for, and I look for chase to do well this weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard for me to think of, you know, them racing at circuit of the Americas, which was obviously purposely built so we could have an actual dedicated formula one U S grand prix. 
and it's a Tilka drone is what we call that. Herman Tilka designed that track. Like he's designed all new tracks hmm. that come around in formula one, which is why you have those really to me, gaudy painted runoff areas, those massive painted runoff areas with the stripes. I'm like, yeah. uh, you need oh, to put a fan. No, I'm a fan of putting gravel over there and making it punish you. If you go off the track, <laughs> like the old school, like Suzuka and Imola, when they race at Imola, you know, it's like you can't go off that track. You're gonna get. You're gonna be done if you. It punishes you. It should. Punish Jason, you. you are a you are a Formula right. One uh, and human encyclopedia. I think I'm a human encyclopedia. Like, because this stupid head holds too much. Um, but uh-huh. so I can imagine well them sliding all over the daggum place in a stock car. Um, it was fun um, to watch, man. You should go watch some highlights of it just because it was fun to watch. Um, I can. Uh, you might be able to twist our other friend's arm and make it no he wouldn't watch it um it's like he's not gonna watch it you know indy indy race there i think last yeah, year indy that was pretty fun there. to watch indy it was races pretty fun. there every year yeah it was pretty but, fun to watch them race that as well um and actually um anyway we won't get back into indy but anyways this is your topic oh. of uh whatever choice so, so. so yeah, about we're to wrap weird. it up so what else you got all right well let's think about it. think about other series think about um you know there, there are series Formula E. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> the go kart series of Southern Alabama. No, yeah, really. If only that were a hey, thing. I w- dirt track racing is something I wouldn't mind going to at some point. Just the good old fashioned dirt track. Oh, Southern, all right. I'll just say this. I'll just whatever. say this. People watching at at a dirt track <laughs> would be the most fun. Touche. Um, I should say, but you know, um, uh, what's his name? Roger Daltrey <laughs> went to the track in Tacoa one time. Um, of all, I know it's a strange two things to say in the same. There's so many things wrong with that statement, but it's, yeah. it did happen. He was mm-hmm. doing something about culture, some show on History Channel or something. Well, you know, the English are into culture and new well, he came over here and he was like, We're So, of all the tracks, they went to the one in Livonia near near Tacoa, North Georgia. Very I'm nice. like, Roger Daltrey was at that little track on a Saturday night. If I'd turned around and saw Roger Daltrey, I'd have lost my mind. Like, and that was on a TV show, you said. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of interesting. What um, TV show was that? I don't remember what he called it, um, but it, I don't think it lasted, okay. you know, more than one se- season. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, so there's that. There's that. There's um, you know, there th- that reminded me. There is a cool series that I'm going to try to watch on Peacock Television where Dale Earnhardt Jr. goes to old tracks. Old tracks. Yep, I've seen that. I've seen yeah, that. I've heard I, I haven't it. seen any of them yet. I want to watch that. Yeah, because some of them aren't even really there. You can only see like barely like a couple grandstands in the woods or something. Like season really two is about to start or has started. I think. So. Um, yeah, I don't have Peacock. I, I I can't. I'm getting five and ten dollars to death on things. Um, a Peacock's free, I believe. Like you can do it free no, just no. with um with an account. Oh, they just take your soul. That's like you, all I think um, you may you may have to pay for certain things, but I don't think that uh, most of the content you can watch for free, as far as I know. Um, but yeah, I think there's you know there's something to be said for like greatest race car drivers in series to me, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of people listening to this could probably add some more more to it that I honestly didn't think of. But I mean, obviously, I can camp out on endurance racing and and you know, right. in U.S. like say U.S. U.S. endurance racing, there's all kinds of people too. Um, because a lot of times that meshed with European, it used to anyway, like we get races at road Atlanta here, you know, with Audi and Peugeot, those were the days, um, mm-hmm. you know, and they would bring their temples and set them up, you know, for that. And we'd have the huge Audi chalets on the hospitality on the, you know, it was cool. Um, and so you, 
through the years, I've seen people. I saw Ayrton Senna's nephew, Bruno. I got to meet him um, at that race at Petit one year. I mean, to me, that was one of the highlights because I'm like, it's a guy that hung out with his Ayrton's nephew. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I just, well, and he looks so much like his uncle. It's crazy. Um, but, you know, I got to meet Alan McNish and I got to meet Tom Christensen, you know, Mr. Lamar at, because he was racing there. I mean, just, just cool stuff. You know, it's like, you never know. You never know who's going to come because a lot of people move to the endurance racing after other series, you know, because formula one, you basically are in your twenties if you're in your prime. Um, and you know, you start to get in your thirties and they talk about you, you know, in the winter of your career, uh-huh. um, when they used to race into their forties. Sounds and like 50s. football players. I mean, think about Juan Man- Mon Manuel Fangio. I was racing in his fifties, if I'm not mistaken, mm. you know, back in the day in cars that most of us in our twenties would have had a hard time racing, you know? So you got, there's, there's all kinds of aspects of that, you know? So it's not, to me, it's not, it's not easy to say greatest race car driver of all time because you, you've got to do it in genres. You know, I think Alonzo could be considered that later on. I think he's, he can hop into anything and Fernando Alonso, mm-hmm. Spanish driver, in case anybody doesn't know who he is, um, two-time Formula One world championship world champion, um, was going for the Triple Crown. He was trying to win the Indy 500. That's all he has to do. Um, and the Triple Crown being when Monaco, 24 Hours of Le Mans, which he did with Toyota, and then the Indy 500. Um, and he, his, first cha- his first time of trying at the Indy 500 was his best chance. And his engine blew, you know, he was going to probably win that race. Um, so, you know, you got people like that, that do this whole gamut. Um, and, but there are great drivers all over the place, but a few rise to the top. I think, I really think if people look up Jim Clark, they'll understand what I'm talking about. That man raced so many different series all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it was, it was astonishing. And most people don't know that Ayrton Senna, actually went and test drove an indie car back in the uh yeah in the 80s maybe late 80s early 90s hmm. um it was one of the marlboro cars i can't remember if it was penske or not you know who um, jim jim clark kind of reminds me of to use a baseball analogy kind of reminds me of either a joe jackson um or maybe even a sandy koufax um, yeah. Sandy Koufax had an incredible career, but it was re- cut short. I mean, because of injuries type thing. Right. But he was one of the best, probably would have been the best pitcher had he continued on his career or whatever, you know, hey, had he had like a 15 year career, but yeah, you want to, it's like people like, you know, it's obviously baseball, but Roberto right. Clemente, people like right. that. Yeah. Yeah. Roberto's a good, um, you know, I mean, comparison. think about that. Um, but Not yeah, I would, yeah, I would think, you know, you know, I've always said if I was in Scotland, well, when I go to Scotland, not if, I want to visit Jim's grave. You know, I want mm. to see it. I want to see Jim Clark's grave. And, you know, because it's just there's there's something about the humility of him. He was a – he liked cheap farming. I mean, he, he had a farm up there. I mean, it was just like – he's like, all right, I got to go to work for a little while. Then I'm going to come back and farm my sheep. Like, oh, I'm just going to go race in six <laughs> different series at once. they did know? it back then. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. These, those guys are made of different stuff, which is why I don't – necessarily like to compare them to your Lewis Hamilton's and your right. Schumacher's of the day. And even Senna, Senna was a, more of a spiritual driver. 
Well, um, it's a it's a fun topic to think about. Yeah. Let me ask you this then, so we can wrap it up here. Um, I, I can ask I can ask you a few follow up questions then, if you can want to think on them. But okay, uh, do you have a favorite racetrack? Yes. Care to share it? You want me to tell you what it is because you just asked me if I did or not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being quite literal with my answer. Now, um, my my favorite racetrack of all is Spa Francorchamps in Belgium. Why? All right. It has history. It's one of those tracks that used to be stupid long out into the countryside. And they shortened it, but it's still one of the longest, if not the longest, on the Formula One calendar. And it's in the Ardennes Forest in Belgium. Set around Spa Frankershamp, which is where the word spa comes from. It's from that town from the springs mm. there. Um and it's undulating. It's got my favorite corner, El Rouge, which is come down the straight, down into a hole, and go up a hill and then have to make a left turn. I mean, it's just it sucks the driver down. It's one of the, the greatest corners in all of motorsports to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's my favorite racetrack all around. I have okay. a bunch of other ones that I like, but that one. Is uh, Circuits of America your favorite in America, North America? <laughs> I'm just not a fan of the Tilka drones. Um, I, I just I go like, say if you have what's what's your favorite in North America? Favorite in America? Favorite? I mean, obviously my my sole favorite is here, Road Atlanta. But mm. um, you know, no one ever raced that here because it's too short. Um, but you know, that's a you know, I I ugh. as far as beautiful tracks go. There's one that rises to the top of the most gorgeous track. If you ever get a chance to go, it's tiny, tiny track. But as far as landscaping, beautiful, it's Barber Motorsports Park. Thought you might say that. That one looks like somebody made a model of a track and placed all mm. the plants and everything. You know, now obviously it's a tiny little track and you can, you know, it's really mainly a motorcycle track. But, mm. um, yeah, I, you know, it's it's hard for me to think of them because. I was thinking that uh, Sonoma would be kind of cool to see, at least. From I've seen it. I've driven, we've driven by it, mm-hmm. um, and I went to I went to Laguna Seca, mm-hmm. and got to ride around Laguna Seca. Or maybe was, I was gonna say maybe. Oh, go ahead. Laguna Seca's got the corkscrew, which is that crazy turn. Uh, um, but I was thinking, but, um, um, oh gosh, the one that I mentioned earlier, um, Road America. Yeah, Road America. Is that in Wisconsin? Yeah. Yeah, that one seems yeah, like a that, cool track. It, it does look like a cool track. I'd love to see it. You know? And there's one in New Hampshire as well, isn't there? That's really nice, but I can't remember. Or maybe it's up there in New England somewhere, and I don't recall that used to be really popular. You're talking about Lime Rock? That might be it. I'm not sure. There's Lime Rock, and then there's um, Watkins Glen in New York, mm-hmm. um, which is another picturesque one. Um, of course, we can't forget Nuremberg. That's always a... Well, the Nürbur- Nürburgring. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the most popular in the world. Das Nordschleife. Yeah, the Nordschleife, which is... Gesundheit. Right now, until they finish the track in Las Vegas, is the longest racetrack in the world. Okay, so let's uh, let's shift uh, to, to... Is there one in uh, Asian Pacific Islands? That's a great one. Ooh, Suzuka in Japan. Suzuka. Okay, how about South America? South America. Or Central. I don't know if there's any in Central. Uh, so maybe Mexico. That's not even Central America, I guess. Well, it is. 
Um, and I don't really like the ones with the Mexican Grand Prix. Um, uh, I would say, obviously, I mean, Interlagos in, in Brazil mm-hmm. um, is an old track. You know, it's the old school track. Um, okay. Okay. Gotcha. I think. Um, Are there tracks in Africa? Yeah. I don't know. South, South Africa's got Kailami. Okay. Uh, they used to race there uh, a lot. I'm sure there are some. I think there's probably one in Morocco. There are some, you know, right. out there. Um, you know, in the Middle East, obviously, you've got Bahrain and Abu Dhabi. Yeah, great ones. Um, and you can technically, Turkey's sort of Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, hmm. There's also, I mean, there's, there are the, the, the three that they actually raced um during the crazy year um of pen pandemic um they raced three races in italy which is crazy with what was you know originally everybody's like oh italy's the epicenter everybody's dying in italy you know whatever um so i thought for sure we weren't going to have any races in italy we wound up having three mm-hmm. we had monza which is where the traditionally now where the italian grand prix is the mm-hmm. autodromo de nazionale de monza you know, it's uh, it's in this national park there that they have these beautiful trees and everything. It used to be the one that, in Formula One that had the crazy bankings, and it used to be a big oval track, believe it or not. Um, and the bankings are still there, and they're part of a historic thing, and people like ride their bikes around them and all that. Nice. But Mons is great. You know, Monza has the highest speeds of any track in mm-hmm. Formula One. Um, well, it's called the Temple of Speed. Then there's Mugello, which they raced for the first time last year. Uh, which is traditionally a MotoGP track, but they race Formula One. There. Another old school track, though, so it was kind of like, don't go off and you're going to be done. And then there's Imola, which emotionally is obviously where Senna died, so it's it has a reputation. Um, but it's another old school track. So there's a lot of cool like right. like tracks, and I'm sure you know there there are other ones here that I'm not thinking about. I mean, well, we can, we can have a, we can have racetrack episode one day. It's open book, Jason. <laughs> well, I got, <laughs> Hey, I gotta say you did pretty good for this challenge for not yeah. just something off the cuff. Although I kind of thought this might come up. I was kind of in my, in the back of my head said, Hey, might come up with something to do. With well, I, the only reason I did it too is because, you know, we, we camped out on the Beatles for a couple episodes, which is good. I, but I could talk about music. We could talk about, we could make a whole podcast completely about music. You and I, we could talk forever. Um, so that's why I didn't want to go on the music. Route. It's not, not a criticism, not a criticism. No, no, yeah. no, no. It's, it's a, it's a good thing. It's a, it's a good thing. We can talk about that. I mean, movies is another one I was going to think about. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah. that has so many facets to it that you really can't do it in a short time frame. Yeah. Um, so I just named all three of my passions: movies, music, <laughs> and racing. There we go. Well, good thing there there's sub genres in there. But uh, yeah, Jason, I gotta say once again, you are a uh, human side. If there is ever a race car um, game show, especially if it's international or related to Formula One, I am picking you, and we're going to go win ourselves a hundred thousand yep. dollars. Um, we're going to do it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's, uh, we're going to wrap it up here. And uh, unless you have any other uh, thoughts or feelings about your topic. Nope. Just, you know, stay safe, <laughs> stay safe and prepared people. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thanks for joining us again on talk of the now podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.